All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get Get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hump Day Hockey Talk. Welcome into a Wednesday March 22nd edition of Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Uramjek. He is Mike McKenna. Mr. McKenna, how are you? We're all dressed. We're all blacked out today on the show. Yeah, it's our black hearts, man. We're just showing off our true personalities. We just don't give AF. That's actually not well, true. I really I, care a lot, but I don't know. We didn't coordinate this, folks. This is just totally <laughs> off the cuff, man. <laughs> no, we did not coordinate this at all. Uh, we are streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. If you have a question for either myself or McKenna, you can drop it in the chat over there. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button as well. Mike, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. We're going to dig into a handful of different things on today's show, but let's start with a big win for the New York Islanders and a win that came with a little bit of history as well as their GM, Lou Lamorello, recorded his 1400th win as an NHL GM spread out over three teams, 35 seasons, three Stanley Cups. As you can see on the graphic here, just the second GM in NHL history, the other one being David Poyle of the Nashville Predators, a nice milestone for Lou Lamorello, Mike. Big time, you know, and you think about where he started out with the New Jersey Devils. I mean, he came out of Providence College <laughs> and nobody knew about him in the NHL. This was 1987, obviously all his success with the Devils and then going to the Leafs and Islanders. But, you know, I think something about Lamorello that's always in some ways underappreciated is just how cagey he could be. You know, his team in, in Long Island this year just couldn't score. They weren't performing. Yeah. They were just below the threshold of what they needed to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. They had great goaltending, solid defense, and he just really made one move, right? Brings in Bo Horvat on January 31st, 
And guess what? Teams 12, 5, and 3 since then. And they look like, to me, Tyler, I think the Islanders are a lock to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I did not think that a couple of months ago. So um, the ironic part, though, is that Horvath's got one point in his last nine games. Like, yeah. basically everybody except him is chipping into the scoring. And last night, man, seven against Toronto. I, I don't know about Toronto, dude. Like, they made a lot of changes at the trade deadline. I think they're still working their way through it. Uh, it's not like they've been terrible. Uh, they're four, three, and one since the trade deadline, but they haven't been the juggernaut that we've seen, Tyler. So I think it's uh, it's interesting to see the progress of what t- Toronto's going to be, especially working in and filtering in that hundreds of defensemen they seem to have ready and available to play. Yeah, especially when there's maybe not anyone who deserves to be taken out of the lineup. It's a difficult balance for Leafs yeah. head coach Sheldon Keefe. The win for the Islanders, yes, the history of Lou Lamorello, but like you said, Mike, a massive two points for them in the Eastern Conference playoff race as well. That win vaults them into the top spot in terms of the wild card standings, and Florida, one point behind them, Pittsburgh, one point behind them, and Pittsburgh has the game in hand, so they hold the uh, they hold the advantage when it comes to the points percentage in the Eastern Conference. And you're right, like I mean, y- you call the Islanders a lock. It's one of those things, though. Like if you have a bad five days at this point, Mike, it could cost you your season when you look at how close the race is between those three. Yeah, it could. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but it's it just. You get three or four points up and you get 10 games out. More often than not, those teams do make it, barring a complete meltdown. Teams find ways to get points and all that uncertainty below the Islanders in the standings. Both sides, man, Eastern and Western Conference. We have races this year. It's made it pretty interesting. We're going to talk about the West in just a second. But first, uh, the NHLPA put out the results of their annual player poll today. You can find them if you want to read them all at NHLPA.com. But, Mike, I want to go through a few of the more interesting results. And I guess we'll start. It's fitting. A goaltending question. If you need to win one game, who would you trust the most between the pipes? And Andre Vasilevsky absolutely ran away with this thing. North of 50% of the votes. No one else even got 10. Agree with this? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I actually do agree with it, but I like to see the legacy votes, you know, like I'm not sure Marc-Andre Fleury is probably in that same echelon, but he still has that reputation. Um, and for me, it's just funny because there were 14 different categories. Only one of them was about goaltenders. Like you had best stick handler, passer, you even had best net front presence as a topic yeah. and the goalies get one for the most important position. So that's just me being a, a typical goalie uh, looking out for us. But what really stood out to me was that the love that Alexander Barkov got, the captain of the Florida Panthers, he was the most underrated player receiving 23% of the vote, closest to Tage Thompson, which was kind of weird. I think everybody knows who Tage yeah. Thompson is now. But um, I, this has been an undercurrent in hockey for a long time. I remember you know, even talking to Keith Yandel a couple of years ago when we were teammates, he's like, dude, Barkov, he's the best. He might be the best player in the world. And I'm like, you're kind of right when you watch what he does because he also finished third in most complete player. So – who yeah. wins that one, Tyler? Sidney Crosby. And I actually think that's a bad pick. You know why? Crosby doesn't kill penalties. And I'm not taking anything away from him. It's just if you're looking for most complete player, Bergeron kills. Barkov kills. They do all three. Power play, all situations. I think it's a Bergeron-Barkov uh, category. So I don't know, man. It's always fun to look at it. I'm sure you picked out a few that kind of caught your eye as well. 
Yeah, I thought best passer was interesting. Leon Dreisaitl led the way with 25% of the votes. He's electric with that big backhand pass and his burger flipper of a stick. He loves sending those big backhand saucer passes through the neutral zone. He's a really, really good passer. I'm just, I think the, I think Connor McDavid might still be the best passer on his team when you just consider his vision and how quickly he can move with the puck. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the off ice things as well, Mike. Uh, surprise, surprise, Vegas voted number one for the best road city to have an off day in. That surprised absolutely nobody. Uh, but the best yeah. ice as well. I guess this is still an on-ice one. Uh, number one in the league, the Bell Center in Montreal. Edmonton was number two as well. I always find it interesting to see how the players view the playing surfaces. And it's something that actually, like, a lot of casual fans maybe wouldn't know, Mike, is that there is, like, mm -hmm. a bit of a – there is a difference between different ice surfaces around the league. Yeah, for sure. And notice that Vegas makes the list at number five yeah. during best ice. And that's real. And I'll tell you just real quick before we leave this, you know, I remember playing in the Calder Cup finals in the American League a few years ago, and we had the Toronto Marlies Arena and the Texas Stars Arena. Those were the two. The ice was way better in Texas. You know why? It was a purpose-built facility that knew how to handle the humidity and the heat. And it's the same thing in Vegas. It was built during a time where they knew how to take care of that better. Some of the older rinks, they just cannot keep up, and humidity's a killer. So um, obviously the Canadian cities have a little bit of an advantage in that with the drier air up north. Yeah, and I'm actually, I remember the first year in Rogers Place, there was a lot of complaints from Oilers players who were like, the ice here is garbage. And it's actually really impressive to talk to some people who were involved in that and hear how mm -hmm. they turned it around and maybe why the ice wasn't good in that first season. It's a bit of an interesting story if you can ever dig it up. Uh, let's go back to the ice and specifically the standings, I suppose, and talk about what we saw last night out west. Every team that had to win Kind of did, Mike. The Golden Knights get a 4-3 win over the Canucks. The Flames beat the Ducks by a score of 5-1. The Kraken hold off the Stars. It actually goes to overtime after a late-night or late-game tying goal from Jamie Benn. Last-second tying goal from Jamie Benn. And the Jets just hold on against the Coyotes by a score of 2-1. Preds more than double up the Sabres with a 7-3 win. Every team with their back against the wall in some way or every team who had something significant to play for more or less came through and got points last night. Which win was the most impressive to you? Oh, it has to be the Jets because they needed it. I mean, Seattle beat in Dallas. I think they got a little bit of a scare for sure when Ben potted his 30th of the year with 0.7 left. And um, Adam Larson ends up going down to win it in overtime, which was pretty big for Seattle. They're not really in trouble of missing the playoffs, I don't think. But the Winnipeg Jets were, right? Like you've got... Nashville with three games in hand on the Jets. Calgary's right there as well. And with the Jets getting a 2-1 win over Arizona, they keep Calgary four points back. Nashville's still five points back despite those games in hand. And the thing for me is the Jets had only won one of their four past games, Tyler. And they had to earn this one. You know, they 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 really had to rely on Hellebuck in the second period, man. He had 18 shots and had to make all those saves. They scored both their goals in the first period and kind of coasted it there on out. And it was a bookend game. Jets were good in the first and third. Um, but they had to win this, man. Like they, they can't give life to, to Nashville or Calgary because both those teams have been right there all year long. Like we said against the Islanders, all it can take is a bad five or six days. And I thought the Jets were really in peril of that. You would have liked to see even more though. 2-1, just barely hanging on against Arizona. It's going to be right to the end with the Jets, I think, Tyler. Yeah, I agree with you. And that win last night, 2-1 yeah, over the Coyotes. Not exactly the prettiest of victories, but it showed Connor Hellebuck can still be that guy between the pipes for the Jets. And the big thing for them, like, they're now five points up on Nashville as well. And Nashville has those three games in hand. But I do think there's a little bit of importance for the Jets 
of being enough points up on the Preds where the games in hand don't matter. I think for the psyche of the team, you want to be able to control your own destiny in a way and know that in these last 10 games, hey, as long as we win and we take care of business, we're going to get in. So last night was important because the difference, again, a team that has three games in hand, difference between being five points up versus only three points up is huge. And it just goes to show how important every kind of run of two points is. For the Flames, I mean, you go and you beat the Ducks after you lose 8-2 to the Kings. And it's just the roller coaster in Calgary. They just, they haven't been able to find that consistency all year. And the last kind of five, six games for them have really been a microcosm of their season, Mike. Yeah, same thing with Calgary, right? Two steps forward, two and a half back, two and a half yeah. forward, just mid as can be with no identity. And um, still the same old case, right? Like you're dependent on Tyler Toffoli to come through and you're hoping your goalies play well. And <laughs> uh, it needs to be more net, it needs to be the whole team. So they just have been struggling to find that identity and play to it every night this year. Started the last topic by talking about goaltending and who is the best. Let's take a look to the future between the pipes with a little mini blue paint. And let's dig into Joel Hofer and the Blues crease. Jordan Binnington gets suspended for two games. That allows Hofer to kind of get a start or get a chance here to run with a couple of starts. And boy, does he ever make the most of it. Now up to three games started this year in the NHL. Hofer's got a 132 goals against average, a 959 save percentage. Mike, 22 years old, an absolute monster at six foot five as well. Is this the future between the pipes for the Blues and Hofer? Yeah, it is. And Hofer's been that guy now for several years. And the Blues have been smart in how they handled him. They've allowed him to mature in the American Hockey League. They haven't forced him into work. And that's really why... You know, Thomas Grice was a one-year layover. And, hey, I've been there before. I've been the layover guy. I know that feeling. And the hope was that, hey, Hofer goes down to Springfield in the American League has a good year. Uh, yeah, he's done that. He was an all-star this year. He's got four assists. He's got a 920 in that league this season. Uh, and in his career in the American League has been just about as good. He even scored a goal last year in the American League playoffs. So um, I'm not surprised because Hofer plays with a ton of structure, Tyler. He's very mechanically sound. He stays between his posts and it's 6'5". That takes up an awful lot of space and he handles a puck really well. So I look at this playing out for the next two seasons. Hofer's on a one-way or a one -way NHL deal for the next two years. So the Blues are locked and set next two seasons. Bennington, Hofer, they've got less than $7 million tied up in goaltenders that way. And you just have to figure out Bennington down the road if he can't quite get back to where his game was previously. And you know you've got Hofer in the mix. So um, I think the Blues are in a really good spot here. They've handled the development of Hofer really well. I mean, he's made good on it, man. Like, it doesn't always happen. And he's played excellent in these three games for the Blues. Lost last night in a shootout to the Red Wings, but the previous two games he did win, 959 save percentage. Tyler... There's a reason why this guy was in the cage for Canada World Juniors previously. Uh, didn't play many games, but he was there, and you can see the talent. Yeah, 100% you can see the talent. And I like that you mentioned the way they're kind of set up for the next couple of seasons with Hofer at $775,000 against the yeah. cap. With the cap going up, to be spending under 7 mil on your two goalies and to have a Bennington and a Hofer there, I think it really will work out perfectly. You're going to have two years to, you know, really ease Hofer into the NHL lifestyle, and then you don't have to make a decision right away. It's not like the Blues are have to go into this offseason and say, okay, we got to move on from Bennington or we can't sign him to a long-term deal. You got him locked yep. in at a decent number for a guy who's proven he can start a lot of games in a season, and that should allow you, Mike, to just work Hofer into this starter's role kind of perfectly and really let him walk before he runs. Spot on. It's going to allow Hofer to grow at the NHL level, but don't be surprised if he grabs that job. I'm telling you, dude, he's been absolutely rock solid. Bennington has had great games this year, um, but it hasn't had that level of consistency. The way Hofer plays is built 
for consistency. So I'm anxious to see how this plays out. Uh, and like you say, man, cost certainty is a really good thing for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, it is. And uh, that's a team that's going to be one to watch this offseason. Three picks in the first round and a little bit of money that they can maybe throw around as well if a couple pieces get moved here and there. So uh, the Blues, a team to watch from the crease on out as we head through uh, down the stretch into the NHL offseason specifically. Let's talk about a team that is playoff bound. Let's dig into the Seattle Kraken with the All-32. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Always a pleasure to welcome the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken, Everett Fitzhugh, to the show. Everett, how's it going, man? Fellas, good morning. How we doing? We are doing great, and so are the Seattle Kraken after a big oh, yeah. overtime victory last night. I just want to start this getting kind of a vibe check around both the fan base and the mm -hmm. team. I think a lot of outsiders, maybe the other 31 fan bases, would look at the situation Seattle's in and go, hey, they're going to be happy just to get into the playoffs, get that first franchise playoff berth, and, you know, good for them for making it. Is that the mindset of the fan base, or is, are they hungry for some playoff success this year? You know, so I, I've, I've actually asked a couple folks this question, and, and what I'm getting is that the goalposts are allowed to move. So when you look at last season where this team ended up, if you would have told the Kraken fans, hey, we're going to be around 500, just north, just south, playing meaningful games here, you know, February area, I think folks would have been happy. But now Martin Jones goes on this incredible run in, in October, November. The Kraken set a record for, for the longest win streak on uh, a consecutive road trip from an NHL or an NBA perspective, for that matter. And now you're not only in a playoff position, but there was a lot of time this season where the Kraken were four points out of the top spot in the conference. They were challenging for the top spot in the division as well. So I think there were those people. But now that this team has been having a lot of success this year, and this team is about a year and a half, two years ahead of schedule, I think a lot of people are like, okay, I'm not, I'm not happy 
with making the playoffs. I think this is a team that uh, can do, given the right matchup, I think can do and, and uh, wants to do some damage. I, I definitely believe that from an organizational standpoint and from a fan base standpoint as well, there isn't, uh, we're just happy to be here. I think there now was a little bit of that expectation creeping in from the fan base of, of performing well uh, in playoffs. Yeah, since when are fans patient? Like, you can tell them all you want. It's not going to happen. Especially, well, here's the thing. When you get a taste of success like the Kraken have had this year, like, it's natural to want more. You got to stick to the game plan, but you still also have this real ex- realistic expectation that, man, like, won a lot of games. You could score some goals. And, and, and you know what? Keeping it that, out of our net here, right, Everett? So that's, yeah. that's really, much exactly. that, like Jones had that big run at the start of the year. Grubauer has been the goaltender recently that's played a lot, but he, he you know, just a couple days ago left with an illness. Joey Decord yep. comes up and grabs a win last night. What's going to happen in the crease, man? I'm an ex-goalie, and even I can't figure it out. What do you, what's your feel of this one? You know, I think I think the Kraken goaltending is probably the most polarizing position uh, on this team. And yes, I, I understand that the numbers haven't been where the goaltenders would like in terms of save percentage. And listen, I, I'm one of those guys where I don't care if you let in four as long as we score five. That's all that really matters to me. But, you know, you can't argue with Martin Jones and his 24 wins. And I will say with Philip Grubauer, even though he's not getting the wins he would like, he has been putting together some very solid performances in games over the last uh, month here. And, and you know, a lot like the Kraken season last year where they played well on a nightly basis, but they just weren't rewarded for that effort. And Philip Grubauer has come up with some massive saves. Martin Jones as well has come up with some big saves, but it's just unfortunate that they're not being rewarded with the wins in that category as of late, but I think that this Kraken team, they're starting to to turn that fortune around. Um, This is a team that plays better uh, on the road than they do at home. Uh, 23-9-5, I believe, is the record. Four or five uh, away from Climate Pledge Arena. So they found the secret sauce on the road, that simple style of game. And and goaltending has been a, a large reason as to why this team is where they are right now. But I'm with you. If game one of the playoffs is today... I don't know what Dave Hackstall or Ron Francis are, are thinking in that locker room. Flip a coin. But I, I will say that both goaltenders do give you a chance to win every every single night, even though their numbers to an outsider and someone who doesn't watch this team on a daily basis, even though their numbers may not appear as sexy as you would like them, they're still putting together some very strong performances. I think it's wild to look at the board we have up here and we see goals for per game on the season and how high the Seattle Kraken are. And Vince Dunn is their leading point scorer. Uh, What kind of impact has he had and maybe what's allowed him to take such a big step forward offensively in his game? You know, I, I think that pairing, Vince Dunn and, and Adam Larson, we call uh, Dunn Larson, the law firm. Um, and and for, for Vince Dunn, You've seen him take a big step, I think, in his leadership and his maturity 
on the ice, off the ice. I mean, he and Lar- Adam Larson has really helped to mold and to shape him into that more of a complete player. We knew that Vince Dunn coming in all of his time in St. Louis, he was an offensive defenseman. He had a penchant for, for finding the score sheet. But now you're seeing him with, with a plus 20 and higher uh, on ice rating. Adam Larson um, routinely is 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 on the plus side every every other night. So for, for Dunn, I think he he's now adding that little bit of an element to his game, stronger defensive element to his game. He's been very responsible this year, as shown by his numbers. But I think offensively, this Kraken system lends itself to having um, a very offensive capable blue line. I mean, this is a team that at one point uh, had more 10-point scores from the blue line than any team in the NHL. You look at uh, Vince Dunn, Roman Yossi here in Nashville, and Eric Carlson, the only three defensemen in the NHL leading their team in scoring. And and it's because of Vince Dunn's willingness to, to mold and shape his game, like I said, from last year to this season. We talked about goaltending. Oh, go last ahead, twenty seconds here. Name the Seattle Kraken's next captain. Oh, somebody's got to step up here eventually. Where's your that, 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 That's that's career. a hard, that's a hard choice. I, I mean, listen, I, I I love the way that he's he's young and he's already showing a leadership quality. It might not be for another year or two, but. I think it's going to be Matty B. I, I really do. It is I number ten. I, I I think this is from from a, from Everett Fitzy's perspective, unaffiliated with the Seattle Kraken. Never mind the uh, the shirt here. Uh, but yeah, I think I think in a couple of years it may be number ten. We heard. I it love first. that. You get credit for it. <laughs> may, might, Every- could be, possibly all those qualifiers. Put those in there. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, we won't do you like that. Uh, Everett, appreciate your time, man. Love the analysis. Enjoy Nashville, and uh, we'll chat again soon, maybe during the playoffs. Yes, always a pleasure, fellas. Thank you very much. Love the passion from Everett Fitzhugh and love what we've been seeing out of that Seattle market there. I knew some people who went down to Seattle recently and they just talked about how great the atmosphere was. Like the city's really bought in to the Kraken, which is awesome to see a great sports town. Uh, Let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question, Mike McKenna. Yesterday, we talked about the Norris Trophy, some of the high-end demon in the NHL. Today's question, who's your underappreciated D-man of the year? I think it's Alex Petrangelo. I mean, he's 17th in D scoring, but he's also been the Golden Knights' best player most games this season. Every situation, first over the boards, end of the game, power play, PK, you name it. And you know what, Tyler? He's also one for one in the faceoff circle this season. That's an intangible for defensemen that you just can't get everywhere. I love that. I got a couple of answers. One, how about Hampus Lindholm out in Boston? That is a guy. Remember Charlie McAvoy missed the first few weeks of this season and Lindholm was being leaned on really heavily in that span. And like McAvoy gets the love and, you know, they got Orlov now and he's getting a ton of the news and and ton of the headlines. But Hampus Lindholm was just quietly chugged along on that Bruins blue line and giving them a ton of meaningful minutes. Also, I thought our friends out in Vancouver had an interesting uh, little stat about Quinn Hughes. First defenseman since 1993-94 to record back-to-back 60 assist seasons. Uh, The last guys to do it, Paul Coffey was one of them. Uh, So it's crazy to see the company he's joined. Things have been a tire fire largely this season in Vancouver. And I feel like that's kind of buried the really, really good season Hughes has had. Over a point a game this year from the blue line. That is impressive. 
Not bad. Quinn Hughes is pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels, feels that family, dude. Can you imagine being born a Hughes? Oh. I can't. I, the street hockey games must be, just be ridiculous. Unbelievable. Can you imagine being a kid on that street trying to keep up with them in those street hockey games? It would be bananas. I quit. Uh, let's yeah, let's I move quit. along to our points bet daily bets. Uh, three for three last night. Pretty solid. So I am having quite the week. We'll look to keep the heater going with a couple of player props tonight. Just two games. National doubleheader down south in the States as well. I'm taking the Chris Letang shot prop in game one. He has hit this in four of his last five. Going three shots, four shots missed a game and then he was four shots five shots so he's been crushing this pretty easily it's why the payout's not great but it's minus 140 i'll take a win when i think i can get one and i like the Latang shot prop and also edmonton taking on arizona the yotes played last night which means they could be going with ivan provetsov between the pipes he's having a decent year but this oilers offense has looked borderline unstoppable as of late even though they've been bleeding a ton of chances they've been scoring a lot and a guy who's been doing that is leon dreisaitl it's two of the last three Three games where he's put up two points or more and I like Drysaddle to hit that mark again at a nice minus 110. So Drysaddle over one and a half points, Latang over two and a half shots and those are the two plays I got for a two-game slate in the NHL. Mike, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. What do you got? Yeah, let's take it away and talk some Jared Bednar, head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Congrats to him at getting a new three-year extension that's going to kick in after next year. So this means that the Colorado Avalanche have four more years of Jared Bednar as their head coach. And I tell you what, man, like when he took the gig in 2016, he'd just come off winning a Calder Cup in the American League with the Cleveland, uh, with the, well, I should, sorry, Lake Erie Monsters. Um, and there's kind of this thought that like, okay, maybe we'll come in. We had to hire him late because Patrick Waugh basically quit. It was August 25th. And they missed the playoffs by a mile that season. Like Colorado won 22 games. And since then, they've been in the playoffs. They want to stand the cup in 2022. And, and here's why people were sleeping on Bednar. He'd won an ECHL championship. He won an American League championship. He got a head job in the American League at the Peoria Riverman and got let go after two years. And he had to reinvent himself yet again. He goes to Springfield uh, of the American Hockey League as the Springfield Falcons back then under the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I played for him there. He was our assistant coach to Brad Larson, who's now the head for the Blue Jackets. Nolan Pratt was also on that staff, who is with Bednar in Colorado as well. And I just think the, think the world of this guy, really, man. I thought he was not just an amazing coach for us, but also somebody that we could lean on. And I think you see that with his players, that he's honest to the core, Tyler. Like, he will tell you straight to your face how he feels about your game, but he always finds a silver lining to it. He's always able to, to provide you with the tools to improve and to take what you've learned from a game and get better with it. And to see him get this level of success and finally, I think, kind of reach that echelon where people understand that, hey, Jared is one of the best coaches in the NHL. Okay, like this isn't just him lucking into a job with good players. He's an incredible coach. And the amazing part for Bednar if you ask me, is that I got to go back and check on it here just to make sure. But his first year of pro hockey in the ECHL, Tyler, you're going to love this one. He was minus 82 in 66 games for the Huntington Blizzards of the ECHL. Minus 82. Uh, so imagine being a kid out of Saski who walks into pro hockey and is dash about a million. <laughs> and you know oh, 25 however many years later you're winning the stanley cup as a head coach of an nhl team it's pretty awesome i'm really happy for bedsy uh and like i say man he's got the respect of players and and he knows how to handle it and he deserves this so pretty cool it's not garbage that he got it um real happy for him 
Bednar and his group again on national TV tonight. McKinnon versus Crosby. Connor McDavid versus the Yotes to end the night. It is going to be a fun night of hockey, and we will break it all down on tomorrow's show. Big shout-out to Everett Fitzhugh for joining us today on the program, and we'll be back noon Eastern tomorrow. Talk with you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.